That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin. Successful careers don't just happen. They're built through intentional career moves. Hannah Geff, the at Hannah Gets Hired creator, is here to share the specific skills you need to grow your career, best practices for career advancement, and the biggest career myth that she wants to debunk. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. So tell us about your background and why you wanted to start giving career advice on TikTok and of course, Instagram and all the other places. Absolutely. Yes. My background has been a bit of a curved line and my inspiration to start sharing career content really mostly stemmed from my own experience transitioning in my career. I actually, going all the way back to college, studied economics and accounting. And my first job was at the big four as an auditor. It was kind of the job that I sort of fell into because of the degree that I studied. It was kind of the same path that most everybody in that degree took. And I had never really spent much time looking beyond that set path and assessing whether it was actually something that I was interested in doing, would enjoy doing, aspired to to grow in and do for the long term. And so I spent about a year in that job, decided that there had to be something else for me (laughs) um, and kicked off a pretty long-winded and high-effort career pivot. So I moved from accounting into technical recruiting and I got my first exposure to the tech landscape. And along that time, really like invested a lot of effort into my own self-reflection, trying to understand what the career opportunities out there looked like, what I might even be remotely interested in pursuing, kind of landed on marketing, started to do a lot of exploration there. And finally, it was able to pivot into my current role, which is a marketing role at a hiring marketplace company. So in my current role, I am consuming job search and career advice on a daily basis. All of what I'm doing is centered around marketing that kind of content, creating resources for other people in the job search. And so that coupled with my own experience kind of highlighted how challenging some of this information can be to come across, especially when you are earlier in your career and you're just kind of dumped into whatever job offer somebody wants to give you after college or high school or however you enter the workforce. So I saw a lot of opportunity with TikTok and short form content. I saw friends getting really creative with the way that they were making content there. And and I didn't see quite as many other creators talking about this 
kind of career job search niche. So I decided that I wanted to start creating that content. I also recognize that like the job search or the the job market this year has been a bit of a doozy. I'm sure you're aware the tech hiring market has had loads of ups and downs. And I think for that reason, the content really hit. People had a huge appetite for it. And I've gotten a lot of awesome feedback. Um, it grew definitely faster than I could have imagined. It's been really inspiring to like be able to make content that is helpful for people and do it in a way that is quick and consumable and caters to a younger audience that maybe isn't getting it quite as much from elsewhere. Yeah, it's really interesting to start giving career advice and then have two crazy hiring years that are polar opposites almost back to oh back. Oh my God. So you've, yes. <laughs> like you've gotten both complete ends of the spectrum. And maybe next year you'll get just like a good, boring, basic labor market. We would year. love that, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. Everyone would be so happy if things went back to normal. Yeah, they're like, I don't want to do this thing where I'm either employed and I feel like I can do anything or I have no job and there's no jobs out there. It's like, please, we've got to find some, some job stability. I was talking about that with somebody else the other day. And I was like, companies that are like boring, who couldn't compete with all the cool stuff that tech companies, they should be promote, like their employer brand should be promoting heavily about yeah. job stability right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like we have not to be your tagline. Layoffs. Come work yeah. Here. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So today we're chatting about intentional career growth. Can you explain what that means to you? And obviously you, you have some insight into this as someone who's been navigating, you said your, your career is this very like curvy line. Yes, absolutely. So I think to me, it's, I don't want to overinflate the term, like it is exactly what it sounds, but I think of it as not letting your career just happen. I think a really common piece of advice young people get when you're starting out in your career is that, you know, you're going to figure it out. You've got so much time. Like, don't worry, don't stress. Don't and rush it. Ex- yeah. 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 Don't, you don't have to, like your first job is not going to be your last job. And I remember being in that first job where I definitively knew, you know, this is not going to be my last job, but I have no idea what that next job is going to be. And I was so frustrated not knowing. And to me, intentional career growth is really the effort that goes into that process of figuring it out. And I actually listened to another really interesting podcast episode of yours that talked about this concept of circular career growth. So plug for that one. It was, it was really enlightening, but to me, this really means this, this cyclical process of trying out different things, especially when you're earlier in your career, you really do have that blessing of time and probably not a ton of responsibilities where you can try your hand at different things and then developing a really active process of self-reflection in order to decide how all those different things fit into your career path. And so when you're making decisions about your career, when you're setting goals for yourself, that's based on not just the defined path that you could follow if you were to get promoted and take on more responsibility and continue on like everybody else does, but instead based on this really deep self-understanding of how all of the work you're doing fits into your own strengths, weaknesses, things you find energizing, things you find draining. And and I think in in doing that too, like by making decisions based on the self-understanding, you start to build this portfolio of complementary skills. You know, when you're making decisions intentionally, even if it's not the, the linear 
next step, you are building that story of how all these experiences relate together. So if you decide to make a pivot, it's less of just like a random misstep and more of a cohesive story that's going to build on everything you've done in the past. I think this also brings to light like the idea that your career goals can change depending on the stage of life you're in. Again, going back to like the linear path versus one that may move different directions. A successful career doesn't just mean getting promoted year over year to become an executive. Like setting career goals could be focused on taking on responsibility, building skills, but it could also be focused on flexibility in your career and being able to work in a certain place or being able to work in a certain type of work environment. And it requires that deep self-understanding to know which of those are going to be the right fit for you. And then the last kind of cherry on top of this, this whole ice cream sundae is that once you know these goals, once you have this self-understanding, you have to be your own champion at work to communicate those, especially if it's not that kind of set defined path that is expected of you to follow. Like nobody else is going to be the one making your career goals come true. And this happens before you're interviewing for a company, before you take a job. This happens when talking to your manager about goals. This, this is even making space to talk to your manager about goals. Um, those transparent conversations and just making sure that that's kind of a consistent part of the way you show up at work every day and, and setting this growth plan for yourself is the, it's essential in, in order to move forward in the direction that you want to go. Yeah. I have two thoughts that come to mind. One is I feel like you're basically describing a fixed mindset, linear path versus growth mindset, you know, non-linear, very curvy, but Mm -hmm. like, even when it isn't the linear move, you know why you're making it and you're in the driver's seat of driving the car being like, I am, I am choosing to turn right here because this is what I want to try and explore, which I think is really, really important. There's so much research around growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So anybody who's really interested in the concept can always research it, but, and how ultimately more like people who are successful are more growth mindset oriented. The -hmm. other thing I was thinking when you were talking about this is like, this is basically like a learned behavior, right? If you can learn to be intentional and you know, all the other things you described, getting back to the self-advocacy thing, which I think is very challenging for people, but this is almost like setting yourself up for this learned behavior that then makes self-advocacy almost a little easier because you're basically doing it all the time. And what I know about confidence is that it builds over time. It's a muscle that you strengthen, you know, nobody's just born with like really super strong confidence muscles. So what you're describing is yes, intentional career growth, but ultimately it also is, I think what is defined as like a successful career, which I know everyone has a different definition, but all of these are ingredients, no matter where you are taking that career. Right. Yes. Yes. And I think, like you said, like having a different definition of a successful career is totally okay. But this whole process is knowing what that means to you and knowing what that end destination is going to look like for you, depending on your specific circumstance and also knowing that can change down the road. And I think that that knowledge and and that self-advocacy over a longer period of time at work makes those conversations a lot more natural. Like it's really, it's easier to have, you know, a monthly check-in with your manager to check in about your goals for that quarter than, you know, promotion time rolls around and you raise your hand and say, Hey, I actually want to get promoted. And there's been no talk of it leading up to that point. 
We've talked a lot on this episode about intentional career growth and some of the best practices for career development. Without a doubt, one of the best ways to invest in your career is to keep learning. That's why I'm so excited to talk about our sponsor, the Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. Georgia Tech's Scheller's full-time evening and executive MBA programs are consistently ranked top 20 in the nation. Students can choose from 14 concentration options to major in, including sustainability, business analytics, supply chain, international business, and more. Scheller's full-time MBA program is ranked number one among top business schools when comparing total tuition costs with the average starting salary. Tuition is over 50% lower than other comparably ranked programs. In addition to the affordable tuition, Scheller offers many scholarships and fellowships for women, making an investment in you and your MBA very accessible. Scheller is all about career transformation. Scheller's MBA career services are ranked top five in the world, six years running. Their advisors can assist you through one-on-one coaching, interview prep, resume and career development workshops, career fairs, and more. Scheller is located in the heart of Atlanta's Tech Square, an area with the highest density of startups, corporate innovators, and researchers in the southeastern U.S. Students gain real-world experience with Tech Square neighbors through practicums, projects, and internships. Women are leaders in the Scheller community and have many opportunities to build their leadership skills through student-led clubs, committees, events, and leadership development programs. Visit gtmbawomen.com to learn more about Georgia Tech Scheller's MBA programs. One more time, that's gtmbawomen.com to learn more about Georgia Tech's Scheller's MBA programs. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I discuss everything from relationships, health, wellness, business, parenting, friendships. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday, anywhere you get your podcasts. What are some skills required for intentional career growth that people need to be working on and building? It's just the effort into the self-awareness. I think it's less of, you know, you need to have this super technical skill and more just setting that recurring habit of doing that reflection this can show up in a lot of ways. I think the most important thing is 
the reflection on the work you've already done and the work that you might be interested in a really, I don't want to call it easy because it takes like commitment and effort, but an, an easy starting point for a lot of people could be maintaining what is often called a brag sheet. So recording on a weekly or monthly basis tasks you're working on, spend 10 minutes a week updating it, but add notes in there about how you feel about that task. Does it give you anxiety to sit down at work every day and work on it? Is it the kind of thing that you're procrastinating until the end of the week and it only takes you five minutes to finish, but for whatever reason, you hate doing it? Or is it the kind of thing that you're you know, constantly trying to take on more of those projects or you get into that flow state when you're doing the work and the hours tick by? I got introduced to this concept early on in my career. And it's always stood out to me of the difference between energizing and draining work and how that is really different from your strengths and weaknesses, because you can be really good at something and absolutely dread it and hate doing it and find that it really drains your energy and leaves you just totally empty at the end of the day. And there can be things that, you know, you're not very good at. You've never invested time into building those skills, but they're motivating. And they're the kind of things that you're always going back to trying to learn more about. And so starting to build that awareness of the things that do give you energy when you do them is a great way to start to direct your career in that direction. And again, those things will change over time. You'll pick up more and more of those every time you make a change. But the goal really is to kind of optimize towards a career full of these energizing, motivating, fulfilling types of work. I I think there's all sorts of ways to go about this reflection. There's journaling, there's career coaching, there's therapy, there's talking to your managers, your peers, like asking people, you know, what do you come to me for? Like, what do you see as my biggest skills and and comparing that to how you think about yourself? Yeah. I've always been a big fan of keeping a work journal. We wrote an article mm-hmm. about it. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes just because that does have some prompts for people, but I completely agree. I don't care how you do it. I think the the whole point is the self-reflection exercise and too many people wait to self-reflect when they need something, AKA a promotion, a salary raise. They want to make a job move. They want to start networking. Like it's like, Oh, I need a transaction and therefore I'm going to do mm-hmm. self-reflection. But just like the best networkers are just relationship minded. I think the best intentional career growth people are really just like, it's part of that growth mindset. So that's, that's Absolutely. a really good point you're making. How should someone ensure their career goals are aligned with their manager or company? And how do you get your manager to support your career growth? Yes, that's a great question. And I think it even starts before you take the job. A savvy careerist, somebody, once you've kind of built this process of self-reflection and knowing your goals and knowing what you are seeking out in a career, it starts with the interview and an interview. I always say an interview is just as much an opportunity for you to evaluate the company as it is for the company to evaluate you. And if the company does not give you time to ask questions in an interview, don't be afraid to ask for that time. When I interviewed for my current role, I specifically asked for a call with our head of marketing above the whole team, just so I could get more clarity about the culture and the structure of the team and get some of my questions answered. But Asking those pointed questions to build that understanding of good management, company culture, like team structure is so important. And some of the questions that come to mind would be, you know, asking your manager about how they practice setting healthy boundaries for their team or how they 
handle situations where work requires additional hours? How is performance measured? What happens if somebody's underperforming? How is that kind of thing handled? And starting to look for signals, listening very clearly for red flags. And of course, like the more work experience you have, the more you'll start to understand what specific management structure works best for you. And again, it's going to be different for everybody. And using that insight to craft those kind of questions you ask to your manager. And then, of course, once you're in the job, it goes back to having those open and transparent conversations with your manager advocating for your own goals. But the sometimes harsh reality is that in order to grow within a job, in order to get a promotion or take on more responsibility or whatever your specific growth goals are, your goals need to align with the company's goals because they ultimately are paying you to do to generate value for them. And I think the best way to be savvy about doing this is to get good at storytelling and start by building a good understanding of what the company's goals are. You can do this by, you know, regularly asking your manager about their priorities and their problems and the things that their own manager is asking of them. That picture of the the broader team goals will help inform how your specific work fits into achieving those goals. And then you can paint that story of how, you know, if they give you that raise or promotion or fund that course that you want to take to build these, this additional set of skills or, you know, put you on this new project that you want to learn how to do, you're going to help them achieve these bigger team goals because you'll be able to provide X value. So it's, yeah, it's being your own champion and it's, it's always being able to tie your goals in with the company goals. Yeah. And I think you're making a good point that you have to be clear on the company goals. And so I think the challenge for people also is like, well, how do I know those? And it's like, you can have that direct conversation with your manager. I also got a tip. Liz Weissman was on the podcast and she said, sometimes you can tell what's on your boss's agenda, not by what's actually on the agenda, but what they're always talking about. So what are they talking yeah. about before the meeting starts after the meeting? What did they bring up? And they're like, okay, well, it wasn't on the agenda, but it's clearly on their mind. So it's the stuff that is they're always talking about. And I think that is a really like if you want to win, it's like find out what's on their real agenda, not what they know that should be on the agenda. There's always sort of, yeah. as we say, the hidden agenda. And I thought that mm-hmm. was a really good point just because I do think that can be a struggle for people. And it might even be a struggle for your manager at times too. So you can also do some of this legwork and go to them and be like, it seems to me like this is a huge goal for us or a priority or a focus. And if I were a manager, I don't want to tell everybody all the time what to do. I would love it if people came to me and they were like, this is what I notice. Am I right in that? You know, just doing some of that legwork. I I, I think that's a really good point about align with their goals, but like make sure you can figure out what their goals are. So you talked about how um, we talked or we briefly talked about networking, but obviously networking is a big part of career advancement. What are your best practices about networking? I mean, the stats about networking that I've seen recently are that about 85% of jobs are filled via networking and about 70% of jobs that are filled with networking were never even posted. So I just want to emphasize some of that data for people because we're not making this up when you say networking is really important. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I think that the best thing that people can do for themselves is to make a habit of networking all the time. Like, I think the word networking gets a weird connotation where it feels very transactional and it feels like you have to be in this buttoned up suit going to conferences. Like, 
to me, networking is just meeting people and getting to know more about what they do for work and their goals and where any potential overlap might be. And I think the best networking conversations I've had are ones where it's just a casual outreach to somebody that maybe is doing something somewhat analogous to what I'm doing. And we just chat about it and we learn from each other. Yeah. The, the approach that has worked the best for me is warm outreach instead of cold outreach. And when I say warm outreach, I mean finding some sort of connection with somebody in the first place. I've built a fairly large social media account over the past like year-ish. That has just been indispensable for the networking. I feel like I've, I've had more productive conversations over the past six months than I've had in all of my career. So personal branding is huge. That doesn't have to be becoming a TikToker and putting your face on camera every day. That can be posting once a week about something you learned in your career on LinkedIn and just putting your voice out there. I think warm outreach can also be getting involved in online communities, connecting with mutuals of other people you know. When you have a networking call, like make it a habit to always ask for an introduction based on a specific topic you want to learn about or a specific career goal you have. And, you know, people are, people love to be helpful. People love to talk yeah. about themselves. Maybe they'll say, you know, oh, nobody comes to mind and it ends there, but most likely somebody will know somebody else that will be a valuable connection for you and make that intro. Having that clarity on your own goals and then communicating that in those networking conversations in order to spread that network even farther and connect with those friends of friends over a long period of time, rather than just when you need a new job or you're trying to pivot your career or whatever it is, like that's going to build you a really valuable network that doesn't feel taken advantage of either. You know, you want people that actually care about who you are for you and what you're doing and not just because they feel like you want something from them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nobody's going to feel warm on the inside from feeling like, oh, that was just a straight up transaction. They just need something from me. That's why they're reaching out. I think your point is very well taken about just like networking all the time. Like I, I said earlier, like you have to just be like relationship minded. That doesn't mean you have to go around constantly thinking what's in it for me, but I think it's, it's the person. And the other thing I've noticed is like people who just show up more often. So you know, sharing information on LinkedIn, not when you're job searching, but just to be helpful and create value or whenever I find that just being more, I guess, consistent and showing up will also help you with the networking as well. Cause then people yeah. will reach out to you or they'll be like, Oh, I had that in common. Like now you are creating more touch points and low yeah. hanging fruit is, is a great place to start for the introduction of things. You know, many of you know that I'm a working mom of two under two. So that means anytime I can travel, it's a really big deal. And when I travel, it's important for me to stick to my routines of moving, eating, and sleeping well for me and my family. Our sponsor, Weston, makes it easy to stay well while traveling. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels makes it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. At Weston, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain your focus in Weston's workout fitness studios. They're equipped with state-of-the-art equipment, or you can get moving on a group run led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to explore the local areas. Weston has three and five mile scenic running maps that make it easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. 
And if you prefer to do your own thing, feel free to use workout and recovery gear available on demand through Weston's gear lending program. I actually did this because I went to Seattle once and I totally forgot all my exercise stuff. And I was really lucky. I was staying at a Weston because they just literally dropped off the gear at my door. It was amazing. And at Weston, you can eat well too with the Weston eat well menu. It's designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. So you can choose what's right for you based on your desired portion size and nutritional balance. Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health, no matter the destination. I always find this really important because I feel like when I travel, I get so far off my routine and I kind of feel really blah. And sometimes it's the drinks and the food and all that adding up. And I love that at Weston, you don't have to worry about that because it's basically taking your routine with you. And at the end of the day, you can sleep well at Weston as well. You can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed, which just so you guys know, as a parent of two under two, the idea of being able to sleep in and sleep in an amazing bed is like probably the best thing ever right now. They even include a sleep well lavender balm, which eases tension and helps you drift to sleep. This is something that I know sounds really small, but it really does help you disconnect from your day and be able to sleep. And again, for anyone with little kids, you understand why this is maybe the best part of any vacation if you can sleep well, and then hopefully they'll also let you sleep in. Weston Hotels and Resorts is part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and an award-winning travel program. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to get into, I love these topics, uh, career myths that you want to debunk because these are the old school career advice that maybe some of us heard that is just not true anymore. So which piece do you want to start with first? (laughs) Yes. The biggest one that I always come back to is this extremely outdated idea that it's rude to talk about salary. And, And I get the apprehension around it, but I've strongly believe there's so much value in transparency. The wage gap is real. Like there's so much data that supports that. One of the best things that you can do for yourself, not only is negotiate your salary, but also just to have transparent conversation. So I would encourage anybody listening, like if you have an opportunity to share your salary with somebody or to have a transparent conversation, about compensation, like just do it. I think everybody is appreciative of that information. There's a way to go about it. It doesn't make it feel like bragging or like a competition, but those data points and that transparency is just so valuable when it comes to negotiating your salary and understanding if you are being paid fairly and equitably. 
Yeah. I also just want to say Hannah has some really good videos on TikTok where she will share like literally a script on say this, don't say that. So if you want to go down the salary negotiation rabbit hole, I'll, I'll obviously going to put a link to your TikTok and your Instagram channels in the show notes, but highly recommend that guys. Obviously we're big fans of helping people with like the actual language. Cause people don't know what to say. You know, that's yeah. part of why it's a mystery and a secret. Cause they're like, I'm so uncomfortable with the idea of what to say that I just am not going to say anything. Yes. Yes. There's data that shows that you can lose 500,000 to a million dollars throughout the course of your career by not negotiating for an additional $5,000 at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. it's worth it. It's worth it. Companies expect it too. Absolutely. Okay. So let's do some rapid fire round of questions, starting with what's the coolest opportunity that has come around since becoming a TikTok creator? Oh gosh. I think, I mean, really the networking has been amazing. Like I've met some incredible people just from reaching out because we've become mutuals on TikTok or I see them doing something cool and I say, hi, I've also, I think the coolest is that I've, I've partnered with some great brands. I partnered with this one brand called Kindred. They're a home swapping brand. And I actually traveled to Berlin last month to do some sponsorships with them. That's like something that I had put on my, you know, vision board list earlier for myself this year. And it happened within a month. So it's, That's it's incredible. things like that, that just kind of shock me every day. Everyone's like, note to self, make a vision board immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a piece of career advice you wish you knew sooner. Um, I would say your job is not defined by your job title. And I think a lot of people get this concept of a dream job in mind without fully understanding what that job means. And that's where the due diligence upfront is so important. Like some job titles sound so sexy and cool and then actually are nothing of that sort. I would also say just as a manager, the best employees are the people who think outside the lens of their own job title and description. Like you never want to hear the person who's like, I don't know, it's not my job. Like I have this saying, like there's the invaluable employee and then there's indispensable. Indispensable is like you're indispensable to your job. You are so good at your job, but you only think within the lanes of your job. Then valuable employee is like the athlete where you can put them in any position and they're going to bring value to it because they go where they're needed and they figure it out. Yes. And I would say that is exactly like what you're saying is you are not defined by your job title. Not only are you not defined, you should not be defined by your job yeah. title. Um, totally. So that's, that's a really good piece of advice. Okay. A recruiter just asked you in an interview what your salary expectations are. How do you answer? Oh, this is everybody's favorite question. And I think that I have a little bit of a different opinion on this in that there is not one correct answer. I think it depends heavily on the situation and where you are in the interview. Think about it in terms of like how bad they want you versus how bad you want them. Don't give them a reason to disqualify you before having proven yourself in the interview. So if you're applying online and it asks for your salary expectations, like you don't have to put that high target number that you're really hoping you can achieve. Pick something towards the lower end of the range so you can get that interview. If you're early in the interview, and you're still trying to get a feel for how competitive of a candidate you are, you may want to ask for their budget instead or ask for, you know, time to get more information about that opportunity. When you are farther down the interview process and you've made the case for yourself as a competitive candidate, give them that high number at the end of your range. And if it is not a number that is not making you at least a little bit uncomfortable, it is probably not high enough 
because they expect some sort of negotiation along the way. That's really good advice. A work trend you either love or you can't stand right now. Uh, yes. I, I just made a video about this. I think I posted it yesterday actually, but, um, it's kind of like a trend of trends. There's been all of these trends surfacing, like lazy girl jobs, quiet quitting, dead zone workers. And to me, it's representative of this broader shift of corporate employees pushing back on employers a little bit and demanding more boundaries around the way that we work. I think the shift to remote work with the pandemic helped fuel some of this, but to me, it's optimistic. It's, it's hopeful that, you know, there is pushback and employers are not going to have so much control over and and so be so demanding of their employees and, and people are starting to stand up for themselves in droves and say, this is not okay. So it makes me hopeful that we could reach a more balanced work structure in the future. Agreed. I I find it really funny when I was graduating college and kind of starting in the workforce, it was all, it was like the girl boss era. So that was the era of like, you do more, you don't ask for anything. And like your life is devoted to this and you get paid 10 cents a year and you're fine with it. You just somehow manage it. And it's almost like now that people are setting boundaries and they're saying, that doesn't make sense. You know, like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like we're so far over the girl boss era. It's almost like now we have these negative connotations, right? So girl boss has this like really nice, fun term to it, or at least back then, mm-hmm. uh, lean in all that kind of stuff. Very positive. Now lazy girl job, quiet quitting, they're negative. And I just, I know. it's like the message is so loud that they are sending. And I'm so thrilled that everybody is just like, hold out a little bit longer, hold those boundary lines because the same with the remote work and the return to office. You know, I, I know that it's scary when the managers, like everyone has to come back, but I really think employees have some leverage here and, or they do have some leverage. And so I'm excited to see that we can create a new future of work and it doesn't have to, you know, piss everyone off with all these negative headlines of trends. You know what I mean? Like, I just find it funny. Like I came out and it was positive. And now that people are setting boundaries, they're like trying to manipulate it, but, um, it brings, it brings focus to it. It really does. It absolutely does. Well, Hannah, these have been amazing tips, very practical, really smart and savvy. Anybody can implement them. So share with people where they can find you, follow you um, in case they want to get more tips. Yes, absolutely. So I am mostly on TikTok. I'm on Instagram as well. But if you want the latest and greatest, you can find me on TikTok as Hannah Gets Hired. That's H-A-N-N-A, no H at the end. And yeah, I've got a lot of resources, a lot of good stuff coming out every day. So would love to hang out with you all there. Amazing. We'll put that in the show notes too. Perfect. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contestant Podcast. Don't forget that you can rate and review our show and we will absolutely love it and be very, very grateful if you do. If you're looking for more advice on how to make intentional career moves, pick up a copy of my book, Power Moves. You'll learn which skills matter and how to build them so you can pivot, reboot, and build a career of purpose for the long run. I'll put a link in the show notes to Power Moves. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.